It's Wednesday, September 14th, 2016, and I'm not sure if you knew this, but you are about to get brain blasted by episode 57 of Roll Up and Die. Okay, great. Excellent. That's good. Excellent. That's what you say, Alex. That's like (coughs) one of your things. That's like a classic Alexism. Gotta change that up then. It's getting too old. No, man, no. I'm feeling nostalgic. (laughs) Getting rusty. Getting rusty. Time to get rusty. (laughs) So, uh, awesome episode about Pulp, by the way, guys. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. That was a lot lot of fun to record. That was a blast. I feel tons better. I felt better... The next day, it was great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, man, that's uh, that's not fun at all. I, no. I hate that. No, and the worst part is I <clears throat> couldn't put on Chronicles of Riddick, which is my ritual puking movie, uh, but yeah. I couldn't put it on because the TV was being used. So it oh, was like bummer. that was the worst part about it was I couldn't. Yeah. I it was like it was like missing a funeral. Honestly, it was bad. <laughs> I, I don't. I've, uh, I don't think I've ever thrown up enough where I've had to have a, a special movie. You know, ready to to, to, to vomit. <laughs> Just by. like wait, waiting yeah. in the wings. You you know how I do it. <laughs> Honey, is... put on the vomit tape, quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because Chronicles of Riddick <laughs> is a bad movie, right. but nothing's as bad as puking your guts out into a toilet. So it makes it better <laughs> when compared immediately to feeling terrible. So that's why it's I, – because I, I feel like it's got so much potential, and I like yeah. to view it through those, through vomit-colored glasses, if I may, <laughs> uh, in order to fully achieve true enjoyment of the film. I, the the yeah. thing I like about it is, is it has its own unique style to it. You know the, yeah. the 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 look the look of the Necromanga ships and and yeah, yep, yeah. even can, how the, even how the engines work they they look like they're sucking this sort of black vapor into them instead of pushing yeah it's, it's just it's just different you know if, it, if someone I, I, that, yeah you know. I love that movie I really do <laughs> really that's awesome I I feel like it's it like you just said Alex someone could say I, I'm running a science fiction game think Chronicles of Riddick sci-fi and I'd know exactly yeah. what you're talking about like that yeah, yeah. it's a very unique setting for sure and right. I don't think it's a bad movie really but there are some I don't know they're just I, I it's it's not a cr- like critically good movie like when you but it's just yeah. when you're watching it you're like no i'm having fun this is really good yeah right. it's I'm a fun movie i love pitch black i that's yeah. pitch black is amazing that's like my favorite horror movie maybe that's you know so you know what was disappointing hmm. the third riddick movie uh was that the cartoon one no no, no, no. it was, oh, it was the, just the, called actually riddick. The cartoon oh yeah was good <laughs> the cartoon was good yeah yeah but riddick about halfway through i was like hang on this is pitch black but not as good I know, yeah. and, and that was the big problem. They tried to they tried to capture the magic again by repeating it, and and yeah. Yeah. that was that was disappointing. If I had never seen Pitch Black, you know, the third movie actually would have been a lot better because yeah, yes. it would have been this. Yes. Well, seen the and movie, the yeah. the concept behind it is awesome. Where it's like Riddick yeah. is stranded on a planet, and the only other people on the planet are people that are bounty hunters that are after Riddick. I'm like, that sounds awesome. That is awesome. But then it just turned into pitch black about halfway through instead of 
like Home Alone on an alien planet, which is what it should have been. It should have been. It really should have. Like one by one, it should have been like a predator I, movie. I haven't seen but the with movie. Riddick instead of the predator. I'll yeah, be and back see, after I bring up my paint cans. I have not seen the movie, but you, what you just described, is something I want in my life. So yeah, yeah, and that's kind of that's sort of what it was billed as, and that's yeah. that's sort of how it starts. Yeah. But then, like I said, about halfway through, they're like, "Hang on." There's creatures on this planet. <laughs> yeah, here like, we oh. here we go again. You know, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if I wonder like, if someone else, you know, like the, the studio gets squeamish and get, get kind of nervous about it. It's like, oh no, 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 we we need to make it like the first one, so we get, so we make money or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's safe to say that the third movie. I haven't seen it, but I I do believe it's safe to say that that movie was lacking. Uh, lacking, lacking. Bar- oh, Barker, you sweet summer child. <laughs> this is the worst segue of all time. <laughs> oh man, I was I was gonna do a low level segue where I talk about leveling stuff, like yeah. with a level. Have you ever right. leveled anything low on uh, to, right. toward the ground? Yeah, yeah. So so ask yourself, w- did I make the right decision by going with what um, I went with? Because I think was, the answer is better yes. than. Yes. The it was thing, sort of know. the Sophie's choice of segues, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't have to run faster than the bear. I just have to run faster than that other segue. Than that other segue. <laughs> wow. Welcome, everybody, to Roll Up and Die, uh, your uh, hilarious RPG podcast. I'll say it. I'm just going to well, say it. Do it. Maybe. Ma- well, Go yeah. Well, and well, really humble. Yeah, totally. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, uh, my name is Barker. And my name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. And that is absolutely right. Today we are talking about lethal lackeys, how to create a tangible threat for higher-level parties using low-level creatures. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about our methods, if we mm-hmm. have them. I'm not <laughs> sure I do. Some, maybe. From we'll, Tucker's... We'll something. From Tucker's kobolds to burrow goblins. I know what burrow <laughs> goblins are, and I can't wait to hear you talk about them, but I don't know what yeah. Tucker's kobolds are. Um, anyway, basically, we're talking about how to go back and take that that basic creature that you've been that you slaughtered throughout leveling up throughout the years and make it into a threat again instead of just yep. something that can chop up the player characters in a couple seconds or get chopped up by they're back and they're pissed off and they're <laughs> pissed off this time it's personal so what's what's your favorite uh what's your guys's favorite monster to do this with to take a a uh, lackey monster and make it threatening again mm. uh, for me Goblins and kobolds, like definitely. I feel like those are the classy, like classy, classic low-level <laughs> monsters. They but will, will. they have enough. They have enough meat on their bones to really work for higher-level parties yeah. as well. I feel like. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm more awesome. traditional. I like. I like the orc. You know the. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The you know I, you can't go wrong with the orcs. They're they're always uh, uh, good for uh, good for a meat grinder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Orcs are great. I am a big fan of the cultist. That is my favorite oh, yeah, lackey. Yeah. Good pick. Throw back in. <clears throat> yeah. I, 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 the thing about the cultist that I always found interesting is that I feel like we, if, if, I, if I were to imagine a cultist as video games and movies portray them on the average, I wouldn't mm. like them. 
but I feel like a cultist has so much potential as an enemy, someone that has limited magical abilities, maybe someone that uh, is devout. I mean, that is a terrifying enemy or can be has so much potential. And I love introducing cultists uh, because of the best part, which is when they die, when the big baddie cultist dies, there's always somebody above them. Like it's never bad because you can always introduce a new bad cultist or something like that. So that's why I put my my vote in that column. Well, the other, I, the, I have, the other oh, sorry, good. I was just gonna say I have a soft spot for cultists as well because of Call of Cthulhu because they're mm-hmm. one of the like go to <laughs> like they're kind of creepy but they're not like you're throwing a monster at the party right away. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Like, there's, yeah. there's, other, there's something behind them that works. Yeah, for sure. The other thing that makes them really dangerous too is that because they're cultists they're usually fanatical like uh yeah. you know if you kill enough kobolds they'll run away if you kill enough orcs they might even run away but the cultists aren't going to run away they're going to yeah. they're going to fight to the death and and they'll even like set themselves on fire and throw themselves at you to just to take you with them so yeah the cultists can be you know a lot more dangerous that way yeah yep that's a good point Absolutely. I, I, uh, I'm a big fan of introducing them as mm. uh, that sort of thing. Uh, one time I was uh, running a cultist kind of themed campaign for these players, and there was a fight that was going to involve like 30 cultists against them. One fight. And I went on eBay and Amazon and every other place I could to find all the cultist minis from the D&D. I think it was... D and D fifth edition miniatures, or maybe maybe it was fourth edition. I can't remember, but I for one game I bought thirty miniatures, and now I have just a freaking drawer full of cultists. <laughs> so I think that's probably why I love them so much because I gotta justify gotta these them, minis. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know that's that's something that it never hurts to have a bunch of though. Like I have a ton yeah. of goblin and yeah. orc miniatures too, and it's like mm. I can just throw them on the board and it's just the perfect yeah, perfect amount. Absolutely. And and this is kind of what we're going for. We want to be able to use our lackeys more often. We don't sure. want to ditch them as we're leveling up. So, um let's uh let's go around and talk mm-hmm. about uh different ways that you might uh spice up <clears throat> a, le- a lackey to make them a little more lethal to make them a little more terrifying. What are your strategies? You want to roll for it? I'll yeah. do it. And I got I got roll this it. this 12-sided D6. Don't oh. lose it under the table, bro. I know, I know. I, <laughs> oh, did I ever find it on air? I found it. It's safe and sound. So uh, <laughs> I that would be one, two is me, three, four. Uh, that would be, I, I rolled before I picked, so three and four is Matt. <laughs> uh, I'm silly. Uh, it was a three. Matt, you go first. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm a sweet summer child. We've you are a sweet this. summer child. Uh, <laughs> one one thing that I really like to do with a low level creature like like a kobold or a goblin or an orc is give them like equipment that just makes them mm. more dangerous. Oh, so yeah. if you're looking at a goblin in full plate or a goblin with a magical sword that does something, or um, I remember I, I was playing in this campaign world. Uh, for a while where there were regular goblins and then there were these goblins called the iron clan mm. that had gunpowder mm. oh, and cool. <clears throat> like we would always turn tail and run if we saw iron clan goblins because they would do things like throw grenades and blow mm. themselves up and roll yep. b- flaming barrels of oil towards you and stuff like that yeah. and it's like there was nothing different mechanically about them they were still low level goblins like one hit they're down 
but it was the fact that they had so much destructive power that we just yeah. we would see them we would see that iron clan banner and go nope we're not going to go in here we're going to turn around and go the other way yeah, they, they had <laughs> because mithril. we've lost we've lost three characters so far exactly they had mithril shirt syndrome where they're a yeah, lower exactly. character but they have this <laughs> item that makes yes. them better that evens yeah, exactly. them out exactly so, yeah, and yeah. It, by the way, can we just say it, turning anything explosive immediately awesome and immediately yep. you accomplish <laughs> the task that we are looking right. for the solution of in this episode. Yes, so, exactly. Absolutely. That's all you need to do. What about you, Alex? Um, I like to use poisons and uh, because, you know, if you think about it, if they have some kind of poison either on their weapons or with blow guns, you know, then just just by sheer numbers, they can they can take down. Uh, a tough character because yeah, it may not be a, a hard save to make, but if you're hit by like 20, 30 darts, <laughs> eventually one of them's going to get yep. you, you know, you're going to be taken down and, and then, then you're, then, then you wake up over the, over their campfire, you know, it kind of reminds me of the whole, uh, Ewok thing, you know, it's like yep. individually, they're just cute little teddy bears, but if they have time to prepare, then they're just bringing down those massive trees to, you know, crush your walker between them. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I would I would say the thing I would do is I would do kind of what Matt said. I think both of you kind of touched on this, but I would use abilities uh, and spells mm. instead of items. Um, basically take the cultist, right? You know, he's statted out mm-hmm. so he's easy to kill. That's fine. But you give him the ability <clears throat> to, I don't know, trigger a spell that uh, is like a single fireball that he can shoot or uh, uh, you... Give him an environmental ability, maybe trigger the collapse of this dam to flood this room and drown the characters. Give them some sort of uh, triggered ability. I I don't want it to sound like fourth edition, but you kind of know what I mean. Mm. Some sort of skill or something. Um, Feet, perhaps. But that will uh, allow them to have an advantage in an otherwise unfair combat. Because the thing about these lackeys is they're not stupid. You know, not right. all of them. They know how to win fights and they will trick you and they will trap you. And I feel like that making them more threatening in, in the, the trapping way is a good way yeah. to create a tangible threat. Yeah, oh, yeah definitely. Go, what are some examples of some items you would give a lackey person? Because you mentioned items. What are some just off the top of your head? Want to create an create an item or two? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say like uh a go-to for me is um, a wand because wands are usually uh, limited in what they can do, but still pretty destructive. So, you know, giving a, a goblin a wand of magic missile or a wand of burning yeah. hands or uh, a wand of, uh, of command mm. or something like that where they can really do a lot of damage, but they don't necessarily have to be a caster to do it, you know? And so uh, giving, yeah. giving a wand... And, and also, <clears throat> just from a, like a lore standpoint, a goblin that somehow got their hands on a wand would immediately shoot up a few ranks within the, within the clan, you know, and that, yep. that sort of goes the same way with, with any sort of situation like that, where it's like, Hey, I have this magic item now and I can use it against you if you disagree with me. So I'm in charge now. Essentially. Yep. I like yep. that a lot. And that could be a huge plot point too. If you, if you have this group of, of previously harmless creatures that uh, come into possession of something well beyond their, their understanding and power, but they learn how to use it. Then suddenly they're 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 a much bigger threat. I was I was I was going to mention because you had mentioned a little bit about mechanics and that uh, I, I'm I'm a big fan of of critical hit charts, and even by just yeah. adding in a a critical hit chart and just having 
you know, large numbers of these creatures attacking whatever they are, then you're you're increasing the risk right there because yep. it's it, you know there's they've got a five percent chance basically of rolling that twenty, and then you know they they could they could do some serious damage to you just this this stray, you know, cobalt or or you know yes. a goblin or something, um, and that that I love that I love the fact that that they can be risky. Um, no matter yeah. what level they are, just just by adding that one kind of uh, house rule mechanic. That's really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. Something that I just thought of that might be a good idea is to <clears throat> kind of Lord of the Rings it. And what I mean by that is, <clears throat> you know, you have the orcs in Moria that Aragorn and the Fellowship are just kind of just cutting through. Yeah. But then the next enemy up is still kind of an orc. It's still kind of a lackey, the mm. Urukai, but they are tall and stronger and yeah. they're you know you can always if you, you can make your lackeys you can keep your lackeys in the game and make them feel more lethal just kind of by uh gradually increasing the the bad guy lackey you know what i mean mm-hmm. going yep. from goblin to orc to urukai to freaking saruman's big white face just headbutting <laughs> you over and over again um another way you could kind of of give them a bit of extra oomph is by giving them some kind of protection. Uh, and I don't even necessarily mean magical protection or armor or something like that, but maybe, maybe they have something that the, the, the players are, or the player characters are not going to want to harm somehow. Like I, yeah. I had a, uh, uh, a bandit that these, uh, the players had cornered and it was just him at that point. Well, I, there might've been a couple of the lackeys around, but he had a, he had a child that was, that was bound up. They were, they, they had taken them prisoner. And oh. so he, he, he kind of picks up the child like, and uses him literally as a shield, you know, it's like oh, holding wow. him in front of him. And now this lower level bandit, now he's got a bit of extra protection there because if they, you know, the way I figured it out is if they miss by the amount of protection that would be given by a shield, mm-hmm. they're going to hit the kid, oh, <laughs> you man. know? So yeah. now they have to decide what are we going to do? We can't just, you know, we can't just open fire with arrows on this guy. So, for sure, um, and, and that's something that any lackey could do. You know, yeah. they could they they could have hostages. They could have totally. Um, you know, some that's kind really of point. you know thing that they can release if if the play you know if the characters don't surrender or something. That's that's a, that that's a very very good idea. Earlier we talked about explosive things, making things mm. explosive. So Matt, I think this is a good time for you to talk about share with us and share with the world. <laughs> what burrow goblins are. Yeah, sure. So uh, burrow goblins are um, a sort of goblinoid creature that I'm working on for uh, the supplement that I'm writing called Stone Rift. And Stone Rift is about uh, this dwarven city. Um, and so the burrow goblins are kind of like a constant <laughs> threat uh, beneath this dwarven city. And the idea was I wanted to... I wanted to have some a, a special kind of goblin for the dwarves to contend with. And initially I was thinking like, well, maybe they're like scavenger goblins. And, you know, the dwarves of Stonerift has have this like lightning technology. Maybe the goblins like steal stuff and, and use it for their own. But I don't know. That just kind of felt, I don't know. I felt like it had been done before. And so I went sort of in the opposite direction. And I said, well, if the dwarves of Stonerift are advanced and have sort of lightning technology and stuff, maybe the goblins beneath them are very like, almost like Neanderthal goblins where it's like Mm. they have been, they haven't been exposed to the surface world yet. So when you break into a colony of them, it's literally like breaking into a colony of humanoid bats. Right. 
And so they're they're sort of bat-like. They're very inspired by, I don't know if you've seen the film, The Descent, but the crawlers Mm -hmm. in Descent are very sort of, you know, humanoid bat-looking, crawling on the ceilings and stuff like that. Um, But the big thing with the burrow goblins is that they're capable of uh, blowing themselves up naturally. It's a natural defense mechanism that they also use to carve new tunnels. And so it's sort of this... Uh, almost like a cult-like mentality where it's mm. like if you're chosen to forge a new path, it's a great honor to basically explode yourself and create this new tunnel. Yeah. I um, used to think about them a lot like ants, but now I yeah. think of them a lot more like uh, Fury Road. Witness me. Yeah, like, witness me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> where, yeah. But I just – I love the idea of, you know, it, they're not any any stronger than a, than a normal goblin you would come across mm. – but they have this thing where it's like if you if they take a certain amount of fire damage or a certain amount of lightning damage, you roll and there's a chance that they will just blow up. And yeah. I had this sort of image in my mind of, you know, the dwarves of Stone Rift, you know, firing a lightning bolt into the ranks, into a horde of these goblins mm. and it just starting a chain reaction of just, you know, them just blowing up and how volatile that would be. And if you're a dwarf underground in a cave you might hesitate to shoot a lightning mm. bolt into a ma- you know a massive oh, yeah. horde of these things. So, <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, I'm really I, I have a, a bunch of stat blocks for these things in the book. There's you know there's lower level goblins. There's some uh, there's some higher level ones that are more like sort of leaders within the goblins. And so um, just uh, you know they still feel like goblins. They still have this love of mm-hmm. fire and destruction, and they're still sort of you know these these. Uh, skivering little things but they have this sort of added thing that makes them really dangerous and kind of terrifying this idea that like you can be in the darkness of a cave and you'll see something glowing in the distance and you'll realize it's a bro goblin about to blow up you know and that's like that's that's scary to me it's really scary (laughs) yeah for sure and you know you can see art for this also on our roll up and die facebook page at facebook.com slash roll up and die fruit roll ups cheerios nine inch nails (laughs) (laughs) Um, <laughs> who do not necessarily endorse this show, but they do not. They do not. We're working on our Trent Reznor pitch. I don't know. That's <laughs> well, he's well, probably another, too busy brooding. <laughs> I mean, another good staple too that's uh, is just having large numbers. You know, and yep. the thing I love about introducing large numbers of of creatures like that is that it, it gives higher level characters a chance to be uh, really epic heroes for sure you know there's 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 nothing like just slicing through wave after wave of these creatures you know and and they just keep dropping and dropping and dropping and occasionally one uh, you know you get you catch a couple hit points in the side a couple you know you get shot in the arm and 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 you just cutting them down and cutting them down but the trick with that is to really pay attention to like just being worn down and then this is like in fifth edition i might use exhaustion you know, just because right. most 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 you know most combats probably don't last more than yes eight to ten rounds, you know right. something like that. But this could go on for quite a while. Yeah. So if if they, you know after after ten minutes of just you know full on you know slicing these things, they're gonna start to they're gonna start to fatigue. You know, and and they're yep. just gonna start to you know we, we got to do something. We, they, they just keep coming. We you know we need That's- to. Get out of here or whatever. That's a good idea. And speaking of numbers, mm. 
sometimes numbers are what your lackeys have that make mm. them into a tangible threat. You think of the Mines right. of Moria. You know, I love yeah. using Lord of the Rings as an example for everything RPGs, even though it would be the worst, most railroaded RPG ever if it were an <laughs> RPG. But like, there's a, a scene in Moria when the Fellowship is surrounded by goblins. Yeah. They're just everywhere. Yeah. And it's like, and, and you know, it's it. you think they're going to die and then the Balrog scares everybody away. I think yeah. it might be a good idea to maybe ask yourself, do you need to have this conversation with your players before the game where you can say, listen, sometimes I'm going to tell you that fights look unwinnable. Yeah. Uh, in these times, you can always say, I'm going to sacrifice myself to make the fight winnable and we can do something like that, you know, sacrifice mm-hmm. your character's yeah. life, something cool. But I think communication in this effort is a really good way to enjoy a fun, long-running campaign without killing the party because they're like, oh, it's D&D. Of course we're going to choose to fight. <laughs> they wouldn't They wouldn't give me a, a, a higher challenge rating than I can handle. No, of course not. I've read the DMG. <laughs> they use math. <laughs> yeah, this is calculated down to the XP point. That's I'm right. sure. Did I? Say, I don't know. I probably said this on a previous episode, but one time I was reading the uh, DMG AD and D Dungeon Master's Guide mm-hmm. uh, in an airport, and a guy was sitting next to me, and he asked me if I was reading a statistics textbook. <laughs> and I was like, "Man, that says so much about this game." This dude doesn't. And the, even know the answer it was, "You're not wrong." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, really, really. So. It is, but it's more fun. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's one, true. One of the things I thought of and wanted you guys to maybe come up with some cool stuff about is uh, a machine giving leth- uh, giving lackeys control of some mm. sort of machine or ship or something that uh, mm-hmm. makes them more lethal. What are your thoughts on that? I think I, that's I think, a really good yeah. idea, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I mean, imagine a uh, a group of uh, like orcs showing up, uh, uh, you know, flying in some sort of airship and just you know. Bombing the hell out of a city, yeah. You know, they're just shooting arrows up, and they're just like sticking to the bottom of this airship and just de- 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 not doing anything. And they're just, you know, they can just keep dropping bombs because, and that's another thing too, is putting them slightly out of reach. Now, yeah. I use the airship example, but uh, you, they could also be, you know, across a ravine with bows, or, um, you know, just have the high ground or something. Yeah, well, that's and a natural this- thing. This seems like a little bit of a cop out, but you can even do something like Barker. You had mentioned the Mines of Moria. The mm-hmm. fact that like it wasn't just goblins; it was goblins who also had a troll on the end of a chain, you know. Yeah. And so it's like doing yeah. something like that, where <clears throat> it's like, oh, well, it's a bunch of kobolds, but one of the kobolds is riding a drake or something like yeah. that, you know. Yep. Like that immediately makes it a little bit more dangerous. For yep. sure. Another thing too that can change things is the environment because um, some creatures are just better. In certain environments, so uh, right. you know, kind of like you were talking about with uh, these these underground dwellers, you know, maybe maybe they fight in pitch dark, and so they keep it that way, and so you know that that's going to put immediately put even high level characters at a disadvantage because now they can't see what's going on, you know, yeah. it's either dark or, or maybe they have smoke that they just release into the area, so you literally can't see, but they can somehow. Maybe they they have echolocation or you know some kind of ability yeah. or, they, or they just or they just know the know the area so well for sure i right. like the yeah, idea. i sense. like the idea of like guerrilla warriors that mm. know the region yeah. know the environment totally that's really cool um so i would experiment with this personally and this is before i throw it to you guys to talk a little bit more about tucker's kobolds cuz i don't know what those are but <laughs> um 
I feel like my fa- my favorite thing to do with a lackey is involving narrative techniques. When it comes to lackeys, if you want to make them seem more lethal, don't rely on their stat blocks to do that. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. really narrate yeah. the lethal look in this person's eyes, the, sh- the, the sharpness of the weapon that's in their hands, the magic orating off of their bodies. Really describe these things, and in that way you can kind of be a facilitator and make the players feel how you want them to feel. Yeah. Yeah. And be a mind control expert. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Well, yeah, and I, and I think that that's part of it too is selling um, <clears throat> the the real uh, the real sort of scariness of some of these things. The real you know uh, danger you would feel if there were you know two dozen of these little snarling things with sharp knives all surrounding you, you know, uh, clicking their teeth at you and waving these these daggers and and. You know, if if you if you're just playing, you know, D and D the old way, then then it's just oh, just a bunch of kobolds. But you know, if you describe it right, then then you're in this sea of piranha. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, just a bunch of kobolds. It's, it's, where they'll just start picking little pieces at you. You know. Absolutely. <laughs> They're like those little dinosaurs in the Lost World. Right. Right. Like tiny little dinosaurs that chew you up. I, I, yeah, I talked about the Lost World just now. That happened. What of it? <laughs> no. Um, so I'm looking through a lot of the questions that people have because I think it might be mm-hmm. a good idea. Um, so I'm just going to start reading some yeah. questions unless you guys want to shout out something no. else. No. Well, do you want to know what Tucker's kobolds are, Barker? I guess. <laughs> I mean, I don't need to tell you what Tucker's kobolds are. I feel like you do. <laughs> So, uh, Tucker's Kobolds was this thing that was, it was in Dragon Magazine, and it was this, uh, one of the writers in Dragon Magazine was talking about this DM that he used to have named Tucker, and Tucker was, like, a master at using Kobolds. Like, that was, like, his thing, was he was really, really good at using Kobolds, and he would do things like, uh, (laughs) like, have the PCs in a hallway <clears throat> and the hallways were lined with like murder holes and there were wow. kobolds on either side of these murder holes with javelins and they were just poking javelins inside. And there's like yeah. another kobold at the end of the hallway, like firing, like blowing fire down the hallway with a spell or something like that. And mm-hmm. like they were just literally level one, like one to four hit point kobolds. But he just used them in such a way where the party was terrified of them, and they would they would do like TPKs whenever they would run into these kobolds because he would just put them in these situations, and they're just like, "Oh, no more, no more kobolds! We can't <laughs> do it anymore." That is awesome. That is so, really and I, cool. Yeah, yeah. So I remember I remember reading this article in Dragon Magazine and just thinking it was like that was the first time I was like, "Man, you could really like screw people up with like goblins and kobolds if you use them in the right mm, way." Yeah, and not unfairly. No. No, but no, just no. put them in a super advantageous position, like where you guys yeah. are talking about, sort of almost like guerrilla warfare, where it's like we're gonna like do hit and run tactics. We're in we're in our territory. We have this setup. There's a reason why we're in charge here. Like you're walking into our turf basically, and just giving them the advantage in that way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, even just, even just giving them three quarter cover. I mean that that yeah. that, oh, that totally. You know that that they're shooting from behind, and that alone, at, you know, re, you know, makes them a lot tougher to hit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a really simple way to do it for yeah. sure. 
for sure. I like the idea of uh, that, I, of giving them that kind of mechanical bonus. I feel like that's very mechanical in a lot of ways. The three quarters, three quarters cover stuff like that. Sure. Th- that's why those rules exist. And I think that yeah. that knowing those mechanics is a super super good idea. So yeah, definitely. All right, let's take a look when the. Uh, oh, I should probably start at the top, huh? Shouldn't I? Every, they all have one like. Every single comment on our Facebook page is one like. I'm not oh, kidding really? right now. I'm oh, not wow. kidding right now. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, you can go to facebook.com slash roll up and die. And uh, every week we will post what we're talking about and you can ask whatever questions you want pertaining to that topic or pertaining to whatever most people like to talk about Matt's beard, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> one of the questions is short of throwing an army worthy of Mordor at the players to overwhelm them, what's a believable way for the low level creatures to get through the defenses of the players? Hmm. Mm. I'm defenses as an armor class and perhaps environmental defenses. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, my, yeah, my mind went right to environmental event, environmental defenses. So, um, yeah. So, uh, I was thinking more along the lines of something like, uh, like in aliens when they're, when they're, uh, they're, they're holed up in the, in the lab and they're trying to figure yeah. out where these things are. They, they, that's in the room. They can't be in the room. And then they look up at the yeah. ceiling and like crawling across the, uh, above oh, the man, tiles. I love, I love oh, that. that's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, you could do stuff, stuff like that, you know, um, maybe they're tunneling underneath, like if they're trying to get into somewhere if that that's, that's fortified, or maybe they do have ones that they kind of sacrifice that are, that have explosives or, or whatever that charge into the, into the, into the PCs, mm-hmm. you know, they, they detonate and the others kind of go through the hole that was made or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Super. I think that's, and I, you know, I think <clears> when <throat> it comes to AC, the other perhaps mm-hmm. way you might perceive that question, uh, yeah. just, ha- you know, up the damage of the creatures. I, that's what <laughs> I would do. But I think he's asking exactly what you're saying, you know, give, give these, these lackeys offensive weapons, you know? Offensive, yeah. explosive, not maybe even <clears throat> not literally explosive, but explosive when it comes to how many lives they can take at right. once. You know, that, give them stuff that will make the players go, "Holy crap, we've never seen that before." Yeah, and, yeah. Well, and even things like area effect can help too. Like if you, if you have uh, splash um, uh, weapons, they can throw. Yeah, acid, uh, fire. You know yeah. all these things, and of course, fire! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. in in my campaigns, uh, fire and acid tend to be a lot more lethal anyway because I, I don't like the, I don't like using hit points for those, so it's usually con damage. But uh, yeah, yikes. you know, uh, but you can do all sorts of things like that. So they can just throw out this the, these these uh, you know these things that will just hit a whole area. So it's not even an AC thing. Now you're making it a, a saving throw, and and you know even if the saving throws aren't bad. They can yeah, eventually they're gonna they're gonna fail. You know. Yep. They're gonna they're, yeah. gonna, they're gonna get hit with something. That's right. true. Absolutely. I love the con damage of yeah. you know, fire and acid, you know. Maybe even house rule that in. House rule yeah, that well, fire and acid con damage and that and yeah. give it to the lackeys. <laughs> and uh in in fifth edition, you know, there's the advantage disadvantage system and there's yeah. a lot of different abilities that can give uh, both advantage and disadvantage. So it's like, yep. you know, have your low-level creatures using the help action to give each other advantage or yeah. using different abilities to give the PCs disadvantage on their attacks. And, you know, that's a really, like, simple mechanical way to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, have creatures fight intelligently against the party. Yeah. Yep. Oh, another cool thing that you could do, too, is, like, uh, let's say let's say there was this flat tile floor or something like that, 
and these you know uh, these lackeys they they dump something really slippery on it, right? So it's just, it's just slick, and 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 the characters start like making their way across it, and then these and then all these creatures come running out with like these special you know shoes they have on their feet that dig into the tile so that they can't slip. So now oh, yeah. they can they can attack without slipping. But the uh, you know the the, the characters are, are are slipping and sliding and having to you know make make uh, dexterity saves to not fall and become prone and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Th- that's that's phenomenal stuff right there. Have you ever done that in your game, your home home group, or any other game? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, we don't we don't follow our own advice. <laughs> that's what I was. Oh. <laughs> That, that was, was the best. That, that was the best. We should end thing. the podcast right there. I should build <laughs> yeah. the music up to that. And then, yeah. Oh, man. That was so funny. Oh, man. That no. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to edit that moment to the end of the podcast. So, like, at some point, we're going to end, and then it's going to go back in time and say that. Perfect. And then the music's going to, it's just perfect. That's exactly what's going to happen. That's what we're doing. Yeah, today. man. I love it. Um, um, <laughs> but, but no, I, 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 I have done stuff like that, especially with, uh, uh, like using, um, especially using the environment, because to me the 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 creatures, well, the, the PCs usually going into the creatures' environment, yeah. and so they're just going to know it better. And so I, I always try to have them use it to the to their greatest advantage. Whether it's whether they're setting up defenses, whether they are ta- like you know doing the guerrilla warfare, attacking from 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 hiding, because they would be smart. Then you know if if they see these. Uh, warriors coming in, they're not just going to charge forward head on. You know, right. they, they they would know better, even if they're not really intelligent. They're cunning. You know, they 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 know enough to, you know, well we're we're gonna we're gonna shoot from from high ground where they can't reach us. Yeah. Or or we're going to throw fire at them first so that you know uh, to weaken them that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Booby trap yeah. the place. Yeah. The uh, the next question is something that I'd like to answer right away because this something this is something that inspires me too, uh, and that, that is something that we could have probably chosen at the beginning as our favorite lackeys. But how do you make animal threats like wolves and insects more imposing aside from simply making them bigger? And mm. I love wolves, but yeah. and I think the wolves their natural advantage is numbers. That's yeah. when you just all you need is one or two more wolves more than you have players and mm-hmm. people are getting bit. Like that yeah. it's just going to happen. Insects, I would take a, a spell out of Alex's spell book uh, to use con damage mm. uh, and treat it kind of like uh, acid, like a poison damage that does something similar to acid or fire damaging the constitution. Yeah. Well, depending on the insects, there can be poison involved. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they, they they could they could be stinging things, and you you're just getting, uh, you know, the, the poison is just building up and building up and building up. So you're yeah. starting to get weaker. You're sweating, you know, hallucinogenic um, insects. Yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. I mean, there can be all there. There are all sorts of venom. You know, there are venoms that paralyze. You know, so you know as they start to sting you, maybe you start to go slower. You know, because your 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 yeah. muscles are sort of are are are, are, are seizing on you. So you're like. Urgh. You know, and 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 next yeah. thing you know, you're on the ground, can't move because you've been stung, you know, thirty yeah. or forty times by these flying insects. So I mean, yeah, you can, and and they're harder to hit. You just yeah. can't, you know, <laughs> you try are. to swing a sword at a mosquito, and you know, you're just not gonna, you're not gonna do real well against. Exactly. There's this damn wasp that hangs out in my shed, 
And he just freaking scares the crap out of me every time I go in my shed. <laughs> and there are hornets, man. We have hornets here. Like, and I'm not talking about the basketball team. I don't know why you'd think I was talking about the basketball team. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know but but, sure but I mean, if you do that right, you'll you'll get the wizard to fireball himself, just to oh. save himself from that. That's true. <laughs> it's like, fuck this, boom! And he just sets up a fireball <laughs> in the middle of the party. Okay, so this is an interesting question from Peter Forward or Peter F. Shoot, (laughs) sorry, Peter Barker. You weren't kidding. There's only one like on all these questions. Yeah, yeah, dude. Seriously, every (laughs) something's weird. (laughs) Something's up, man. I can't. Everyone selfishly, you know, likes their own uh, questions. I like how you went to check. Like, I don't believe this guy. (laughs) I don't believe him. I got here's what what my thought was, Barker. I was thinking, okay, something's weird with with Barker's Facebook then, because there's no way that nobody clicked on anybody (laughs) else's question. But dude, nobody did. Nobody did. It's all roll up and die, liking everybody's comments. Yeah, (laughs) man, weird. Yeah. Well, what the, it must be Alex, a full moon or something. Alex, well done on the comment liking uh, guard, whatever it is. Who, me? Duty, yeah. Are you the one liking I, all the comments? No, no dude, I, I always like all the comments. Oh, that's Matt. I always thought I'm it was like, Alex, dude. Alex I'm is the like, most organized the of all of us. I'm like, here's the deal. If you co- if you ask a question or po- pose a topic for discussion, mm-hmm. I roll up and die will like it because we want to get you started. We want to give you a small personal loan of one like <laughs> so that you like. can get started and get moving up to the top with other likes. This is literally the first time we've had an issue with it. This is, yeah, that's, that's true. true. That's true. But these Most people the didn't even vote for are, themselves. I know. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Weird. Moving on, moving along. Yeah. Um, as I listen to your <laughs> podcast... Because I love and admire all your RPG wisdom. That's awesome. Yet, I'm a little weary of the zeitgeist of the internet mob. Okay. See see Boat McBody face. Okay. Any chance you could come up with questions and idea of your own or choose post questions that you find interesting rather than answering the most liked. Actually, it's this guy. funny. This guy's doing it. <laughs> because it's really interesting that you chose this time to ask that because we have no choice. Nobody liked anything. So, Dude, he, uh, he's the one that started this. Yeah, he, he's he got everybody behind Facebook. him. He was like, hey, uh, what, what's with this oligarchy we got going here? I don't, think anyone, I don't think it should be about the most liked. Come on, who's with me here? He's and everyone was like, yeah. Freaking... Dude, Peter, Peter F. Let's Peter, do this, man. Peter F. The the grassroots movement. Uh, yeah, a new the new changing roll up and the die. face of roll up and die. Changing yeah, man, face. that is a good idea. Uh, and I, you know, I do like the idea though of <laughs> answering the one with the most likes and then answering a couple more, leaving some room for a couple more. And I believe sure. yeah, as we fine. move on in our tenure here at Roll Up and Die incorporated (laughs) i feel like we will be talking about more and more specific things which will allow us to have more time for questions so i think that's that's a a very good venture to look into his question is actually this this is hilarious i'm not editing any of this out intuitively i can create these types of low level come high level menaces i think this is a result of lawn darts throwing Wow, this pong is amazing and apple fights are fun background of my gen x upbringing Oh, hang on. Read the last sentence. By the way, I apologize for any mistypes, but I'm temporarily blinded by drops given to me by my eye doctor. Oh. Oh. This is the greatest question we've ever received. In the history of 
This is a defining moment when people when people say, "Hey, remember roll up and die?" You know what they're going to remember? They're going to remember Pete F's question on Peter, episode fifty-seven. Peter, Do you I, remember, Peter? I want you on the show. I'm, this we're going to have it. him on as a guest. We need so it, that I can ask him on. what Bodie McBodie faces. Yeah, I really. Oh, oh th- that that one I know. Oh God, <laughs> this is I'm ready to die now. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I'm serious, Peter. <laughs> Peter's our next guest on this roll on this. <laughs> podcast i need to i need it dude i need to be able to pick his brain i I love you peter i thought you were messing with me like i'm gonna give him just a a nonsense question it's all good man it's all good and we want you on this show so you can ask us your question for sure okay oh man i'm not gonna read the rest of it next question I like to throw wave after wave of goblins or other low-level creatures at the party in a system of confining tunnels. This is something you talked about. Or corridors, which can limit their powers and make them think before using uh, destructive area spells in tight quarters. What are your thoughts on that? Immediate thoughts, that's incredible. That's, yeah, that really makes you absolutely. think. And, and, well, that's yeah, what and that's, and that's again, about. going into their territory. So they're, yep. they're sort of prepared for you. They know They know that the big folk are coming in, so we're going to, you know, they can't... Uh, hey, guys, come uh, on. Let's open they, the door and go fight them with swords. No. <laughs> They're going to freaking detonate the damn hallway. Well, and, and as a GM, you kind of have to take some of that stuff into account anyway. Like, uh, if if you're on a corridor only five feet wide and, you know, maybe seven feet tall, you're not going to be able to swing a sword in there. <laughs> There's just no yeah, way. that's true. You know, and, and, you, and you're, not gonna, you're not even really going to be able to dodge very much you know where you're gonna go that's gonna you know, be like one of those uh, yeah those i mean that, that, that's a, you're, you're pretty much being you know uh set up to be either burned stabbed it's butchered yeah for know, sure. dissolved or whatever yeah it's very similar to that game of thrones <clears throat> episode the battle of the bastards that part where everyone's kind of trapped between the weapons and the wall of bodies behind them you know, yeah, the exactly. environment can be super dangerous uh, and people you can suffocate in small quarters like that. So I love the idea of tight quarters. Them quarters tight. Yeah. <laughs> Them some tight yeah. quarters, man. All right. Uh, <laughs> Joseph A.G. asks, <clears throat> when a goblin cuts the throat of your level 14 barbarian while he sleeps, even if the damage somehow added up to 90 hit points, the barbarian isn't dead yet. Apart from just making numbers bigger, how do you make anything mundane a threat to the party? Uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of coup de gras. Uh, that is a, yeah, that is an absolute say, rule in my, yeah. in my yep. world. Now, would you yeah. ever do that to a player though? That's another subject. You know, you're like, I'm just going <clears> to <throat> have this goblin <throat> cut the throat of my level 14 barbarian. Well, why? You know, like what is this is the player yeah. you don't like the player very much? You want to kill a character? That 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 is a really tough call because you know. Uh, it kind of forces you to get into a meta meta game corner, you know that. Yeah. You know. Right. Oh man, it's like they would kill them, but that that would suck. Yeah, you're gonna be like, <laughs> I'm gonna make it so they're about to cut their throat, and the other character who's always great at perception will see it happening and stop it, and then it's like, <laughs> oh, I rolled a one on my perception check, and you're like, shit. I have to kill this guy. Like, yeah, what are you yeah. gonna do? Have them roll damage after they cut your throat open? That's realistic. That I mean, that'd be right. Yeah, worse than killing the character. You know, I, I, it's one of those things where it's really up to the player. If the player wakes up and there's a goblin with a knife to their throat, are they gonna be the type of player that goes, "Well, I don't care. I've all these hit points. Like, do his worst. Like, he's, he can critical hit against me, and I don't care." Yeah. Or is it going to be the type of player that role plays it and says like, oh shit, yeah. there's a goblin with a knife to my throat. I don't know what's going to happen here. 
and yeah. not look at yeah. their character sheet and say, well, I have 90 hit points, so I'm fine. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you could always do it in such a way where, I mean, even, even, even with a coup de grace, especially if there's combat going on, um, or if they or if they're afraid of waking someone else, they might just cut the throat. And you know, I mean, cutting a throat is not that easy. Um, so not like yeah. the movies necessarily portray it. So I mean, you could you could always say they 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 kind of botched it a little bit, so that you know the person's bleeding out and and they're certainly you know dying. But if yeah. they make their death saves, then you could always say they were left for dead. And I mean, how, how many mm. cool you know movies start that way, where you know they they thought they killed. You know the guy, but he was left for dead, and now he's come back for revenge. That kind of thing. That is so. Awesome. I mean, yeah. you, you you can definitely work that in as far as uh, you know figuring out that way. I mean, you could have them rather than cutting their throat. Uh, you know, they could be taken prisoner. You know, if right. if that if that's in keeping with you know what these creatures would do for some reason. Waking have have the characters it, wake <laughs> up in a pile of corpses. You know, yeah, like they're because yeah. they the creatures thought they were dead. That's right. Yeah. 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 So I mean, there's there's a few ways you kind of you kind of get around that just to just to avoid the 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 being killed in your sleep kind of thing that because that that's a uh, that that's a tough one to to live with. <laughs> yeah, awesome. as a GM yeah, anyway, for I sure. Mean, uh, so, and, yeah. and certainly as a player, I, I I would be I would be really annoyed by that. Even if even if it were completely logical, yep, I would still be just damn it, son of a bitch. That's all I got control of is this character. That's all I got in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do you guys want to create? Yeah, you have to accept a little bit. What's that? What's that? No, no, you. I was just gonna say yes. So you kind of have to accept a little bit of that metagaming if if you if you don't want to have that kind of for sure. For sure. And maybe that's your game though. Maybe it's like I want Game of Thrones amped up on steroids. I want everyone to die. Nobody's safe. And if that's what people are having fun with, that's great. Sure. Uh, but I think we should create some lethal lackeys or a lethal lackey thing. Yeah. Agreed. Let's do it, man. Do. I am that. one and two. Matt, you are three and four. Alex, you are five and six. What are we... Oop, that um, Can I just say before you announce the number that it is a weight off my shoulders to not be the roller anymore? Really? It would make me anxious every time, man. I don't know why. It makes me I a little bit like anxious, this is too. too. This is too much responsibility. This is for too much man. power for one person. Yeah, uh, I could choose anybody, but I am going to choose who it actually was. That was a four, so that's you, Matt. Oh, okay. Oh, well, oh. Diablo. Well, okay, <laughs> Diablo. <laughs> Belial. I'm breaking into my Deckard Kane impersonation. Okay, so um, let's see here. Let's start us off. Let's do. Who are we talking about? <clears throat> what kind of lackeys? What color let's... is their hair? I don't know. Let's do. I, I, Alex is going to be pleased with this. Let's do undead. Let's do zombies or skeletons or something. Yeah, like sweet. Um, so I'm going to say that we're going to do we're going to do skeletons. <clears throat> I really love All skeletons. Right. They're like one of my favorite low level creatures. So let's let's make something, uh, you know, a deadly lackey out of a skeleton. Cool. I think that's awesome. Okay. Cool, man. I'm one through three. You are four through six. That is a three. So I am going to say that uh, this should involve the skeleton of something that's not quite human. Perhaps the skeleton of a Tyrannosaurus or something out of uh, a museum or uh, an undead that has been resurrected that's not human uh, that is still a skeleton but creates more of a tangible threat. So... 
That is my contribution. And that is a six, so I believe that is Alex. If I consult my algorithm and <laughs> Alex, yes, that's you. Yes. All right. So, uh, so yeah, so you have this, this, this big, uh, skeleton. Um, but what makes it really interesting is that it has a, uh, uh, it's actually the mount for like one of those platforms that they put on tops of like, uh, the Muma kill, the big elephants. And, and in oh, that yeah. you have. Uh, you have this this uh, this this uh, squad of skeletons with with uh, with bows, and uh, they're they're sort of riding in this thing. So even as, even oh, as they man. sort of control it, and this thing can like you know come down and, and bite and certainly and, and swing with its tail. This T Rex, uh, skeletal T Rex, um, these uh, these skeletons in the top are, are controlling it and uh, are uh, are uh, you know uh, you have to get through the T Rex basically to get to them. So. Incredible idea. Dude, that's metal as hell. That I love so that. Metal. That's so cool. <laughs> describe uh, some describe some skeletons getting hit, but they're still fighting, but they have like half of their skull and they're still firing yeah. arrows. Like yeah. man. Yeah, seriously. Dude, that that'd is be dope. terrifying. Like if there was an undead army and there's dinosaur skeletons and there's skeletons riding on that, like you would just turn around. You'd be like, I'm going home. I All can't right. deal with well, this right now. Riders of Rohan, let's yeah, head back hey. to Edoras. Orthiolingus, like, right back home. And I, and, I, <laughs> and I was like describing skeletons, not just as 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 these sort of moving bones, because even as a kid, that always seemed kind of kind of silly Oaky, to me. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I always sort of imagined that 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 there was a sort of just barely sort of tangible black uh, vapor that sort of you know sort of swirled around the bones oh. to kind of that to See, kind of hold them together, kind of that's thing. That's awesome. This, this, yeah. you know, I was that's thinking really something cool similar, idea. but I was thinking little bits of sinew like the minimal yeah, right. amount of like muscle that <clears throat> right. is holding it together but that is yeah that's a really good idea don't just like army of darkness skeletons that are yeah oh, it was doing like chasing the argonauts there with the uh oh man uh, that's a classic skeleton yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah yep take a drink yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that's all we knew that's, all we, that's oh, all we knew when i was a kid too was was those yeah. that they, we didn't have army of darkness i'm yet, gonna so. barker i'm gonna send you you don't have to watch the whole movie the whole movie's great but that scene yeah. with the skeletons yeah. is like just freaking classic awesome. it is classic yeah Dope. and all done in stop motion that that's the amazing thing i mean yeah it's you know, uh, ray harryhausen yep i mean as Did much it, as i so. love cgi i mean they, they've done great things with it you, you just there's there's something cool about the the stop motion ones yeah, the, yeah, they just—they yep. always have terrified me, and it's because they yeah. have the angry—they have the angry skulls. Like, yeah, yeah it's impossible yeah. for a skull to look like that, but they have—they <laughs> look mad. <laughs> they look—they look like they're pissed off. Like they spend right. dude, those the whole morning are pissed. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> thank you everybody for tuning in to Roll Up and Die. Maybe you're less hilarious than we thought before. RPG <laughs> podcast. My name is Barker. Oh man, I was muted. And my name is Matt <laughs> from A Fistful of Dice. I was like, and, I said it, and then Alex didn't say anything. I was like, oh no, I'm muted. Oh crap. <laughs> and my name is Alex, aka Captain Gothnog. And here is the scene from earlier in the podcast where Alex said the really funny thing, but set to the music that closes out our podcast. <laughs> uh, these lackeys, they they dump something really slippery on it, right? So it's it's just slick and 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 the characters start like making their way across it and then these and then all these creatures come running out with like these special you know shoes they have on their feet that dig into the tile so that they can't slip so now oh, yeah. they can they can attack without slipping 
but the uh, you know the the, the characters are, are are slipping and sliding and having to you know make make uh, dexterity saves to not fall and become prone and all that kind of stuff. Right. Oh, yeah. Cool. Th- that's that's phenomenal stuff right there. Have you ever done that in your game, your home home group, or any other game? Nah. This show has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2016. It is owned by all three of the primary hosts. The games, movies, and other super awesome properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners. Stealing sucks. You can find all three of the primary hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Barker is at youtube.com slash be a better game master. And both of their work can be found at absolutetabletop.com. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And his work can be found on drive RPG via Critical Hit Publishing. Listeners are free to use this show in any way, shape, or form as long as credit is provided to the Roll Up and Die RPG podcast. Look for other releases of the show on Facebook.com slash RollUpAndDie, iTunes, and RollUpAndDie.Podbean.com. Have a fantastic day, and as always, happy gaming.